Good morning. Welcome to Axios Today. It's Thursday, September 24th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what we're watching this morning. Sounds from last night, where thousands of people protested in cities across the country. New York, Chicago, D.C., and Louisville. The Louisville Metro Police said officers were shot during protests in the Kentucky city last night. As they were deploying to investigate what was going on at first in Broadway, shots rang out and two of our officers were shot. Yesterday afternoon, a grand jury indicted Brett Hankinson, one of three police officers who entered Breonna Taylor's home in March. He was indicted on three counts of wanton endangerment for firing shots blindly into neighboring apartments. None of the officers involved in the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor were indicted on homicide or manslaughter charges. You can find updates on this developing story at Axios.com. And here's what else we're covering today. Democrats are changing up their voting strategy. Plus, Johnson & Johnson's vaccine phase three trial. First, though, private industry's space race is today's one big thing. Private companies are becoming more and more invested in entering the space race. Miriam Kramer is Axios's space reporter. Hey, Miriam, when we say private companies, who exactly are we talking about? There are a number of them out there today. One that I have been following pretty closely is called Rocket Lab, and they launch small satellites. They're launching really consistently. Their performance has been pretty good. And they have big goals for exploration. And why is it happening now? Scientists just announced the discovery of what might be a sign of life in Venus's atmosphere. So Rocket Lab is planning to actually send a spacecraft toward Venus in 2023 to investigate this. And I think the thing that's most exciting about this for a lot of people is that there is not a space agency involved. This is a company that's just like, we want to advance science. And NASA also wants to use private companies for the moon? Yeah. So NASA is hoping that one day private companies are going to be able to land on the moon and grab dust, rocks, store them for NASA. NASA will pay those companies for the rocks and then NASA will eventually go retrieve them. And this is all part of NASA's big goal of turning over more work to private companies to help support this economy in space where NASA is only one of many different users. So I guess there are pros and cons to that. The big pro is that there is projected to be a ton of money. I mean, some people are predicting it could be a trillion dollar industry. Of course, when you have more industry in space doing things, it can create a lot of different issues like the creation of space junk, which makes it harder for other people to actually make use of outer space. Plus, space used to be this pristine sort of environment that was very much the purview of governments. And now that's getting a little bit murkier. So there are a lot of questions that people still need to answer about how to play well in space together. And in the meantime, is NASA doing some commercialization of the International Space Station? They are. Estee Lauder is actually sending up some bottles of a beauty product up to the space station. And they're paying for astronaut time to take photos of those bottles. Those photos will then be used on their social media accounts. And then there are other things, like they're allowing private astronauts to fly up to the space station at some point soon. Like Tom Cruise might shoot a movie on the space station. So, I mean, there's some kind of market for this stuff. And all of this is to fund the goal of further space exploration. 
Yeah, for NASA, this commercialization effort is so that they are able to stop so much focusing on right above Earth and instead look outward to the moon and to Mars and to getting people to these places. I think that there has been a long history of NASA working toward this, so it's not completely out of left field. And they clearly are right that there is a market to be tapped for this kind of thing. Miriam Kramer writes the Axios Space Newsletter. We'll be back in 15 seconds with the Democrat switch on messaging and mail-in voting. Welcome back to Axios Today. Axios Insider is a sneak peek into the conversations in our newsroom. Early on in the pandemic, Democrats spent a lot of time pushing mail-in voting, but now many are pivoting to promote more in-person voting. Alexi McCammon covers politics for Axios, and she's here with me now. Good morning, Alexi. Why the switch here with the Democratic Party? Well, thank you for having me. There's a switch because there have been a lot of chaos and threats with the U.S. Postal Service with regards to delays in getting things processed. Trump's team has promised litigation around any close races in the election. And election experts are now warning that absentee ballots are rejected at a much higher rate than voting in person. And polls are showing that Democrats are more likely to vote by mail than Republicans. What are Democrats saying about this now? What I am hearing from Democrats is a sort of hybrid message where they're saying folks request a mail-in ballot but drop it off in person at a drop box. Or I spoke to a Senate candidate in Idaho, Paulette Jordan, who's a Democrat, who said that she's encouraging voters to take their mail-in ballot in person to the county courthouse. That, she says, is the sole way to make sure that your vote gets counted. In some cases, people have already started voting, right? What do those in-person voting lines look like? So Virginia just had its early voting start last week and the people were waiting in line for two hours or more because they felt that that was how their ballot would get counted in the most secure way. But in other states like North Carolina, we're seeing reports that are showing that black voters' ballots are being rejected more than four times the rate of white voters in that state. And in Florida, there are warnings that voters are twice as likely to have their absentee ballot rejected if they've never voted that way before. Obviously, those states matter a lot for the election. And those are states that both camps are competing really hard for. And if there are these mishaps with mail-in voting, that could spell trouble for Joe Biden in these battleground states. Alexi McCammon covers politics for Axios. Thanks, Alexi. Thanks so much. Big announcement from Johnson & Johnson yesterday about phase three, the final trial for its coronavirus vaccine. Caitlin Owens covers healthcare for Axios. So three things you need to know. What's the most important thing about this vaccine? So it's the fourth vaccine going into phase three clinical trials in the U.S., but it's distinct from the other ones for a few reasons. One is that when you get this vaccine, it's just one shot. So the other front runners require two doses, which is obviously logistically harder than a one and done shot. Second of all, it doesn't have to be stored at the same extremely low temperatures that the other vaccine candidates do. So the J&J vaccine can be just stored at refrigerator temperatures versus some of these minus 80 degrees Celsius requirements that the other vaccine candidates have. Thirdly, something that's just of note is that the trial itself is larger than the other ones. So 60,000 people, which is kind of gives you a more solid data set. 
basically means we can all feel a little bit better if it gets authorized because it's been tested in more people. It is important to just taper our expectations until we make sure that these vaccines are indeed safe and effective. We have four candidates now. It would be wonderful if all of them end up being authorized and then eventually distributed widely. But again, we can't count on that at this point. Caitlin Owen covers healthcare for Axios. Before we go, dogs are literally saving the day, at least in Finland, where the Helsinki airport is now using canines to detect COVID. COVID-19 creates a certain smell that specially trained dogs can detect on people, like they already do with malaria and some cancers. NBC News says the UK, along with the US and Germany, are also experimenting with disease-sniffing dogs. Dubai even started a similar program this summer and it had a 90% success rate. And don't worry, the dogs are able to do their job without coming in contact with infected travelers, which means they shouldn't get sick. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com or reach out to me on Twitter at Nyla Boodoo. If you want more news before tomorrow, tune into our afternoon podcast recap. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. 